Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. This is part three in this three-part series about what is First Love Ministries. The first one, again, was about me and how it started. Last week's was a lot to cover. I hope you were able to get through it and capture at least. It's all about its curriculum, but its training, its practices, things that help us learn how to be loved more deeply in order to love as, to remove barriers, and especially to love in a way that will get noticed, a love that's not normal the way other people do, that we would really love like Jesus loved us and be known by that love. Well, anyway, this final one is just kind of talking about where we're at and what we're hoping for the future. And I'll back up just for a moment, though, story-wise. When I began pastoring when I was 30 was when he introduced 1 John 4.19 to me. Eventually, he brought in the new command, and eventually, over the 18, 17, 18 years or so that I was the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church, all that I shared with you last week got developed just through trial and error, questions, experiences, so many other resources that influenced us, helped us, but essentially, it came down to creating this curriculum with First Love to Love, Getting Along, Memory Healing. And suddenly, here I am, and this was 2004, 2005, I had a sabbatical, came off that sabbatical, believing in my heart I wasn't to be a senior pastor anymore. And I was like, Lord, what do I do then? A couple months later, after I'd come back, I was part-time at the church just to help the guy who replaced me, kind of help him get going. I had this extraordinary experience with the Lord one night, and I'm just lying in bed, and I've often referred to it as a faith infusion where... Somehow just thinking, praying, lying there, Robin's asleep next to me. But I'm like, literally, the Lord is pouring faith into my heart where I felt like he spoke so clearly to my soul. I want you to take this message out, this material out to the whole church because the whole church would be blessed by it. Well, I eventually woke Robin up around 11 o'clock and said, honey, something's just happened to me. I think the Lord wants me to take first love out to the whole church. And she's like, well, go to sleep. (laughs) and we'll see if it's there in the morning. Well, it was there in the morning and it's been there ever since. Eventually, we had family, friends, the church leadership, all kinds of people praying with us because it was going to be an enormous change. A couple kids in college to step away from pastoring in order to develop this. This better be God. It was wonderful, all the different things. It would be so fun to tell all the stories, all the confirmations. But essentially, in 2006... It became a nonprofit ministry, and the toughest part was taking all that curriculum I talked with you last time. How do we give that away? Where I was doing that curriculum in my church as a year-long discipleship experience with the Lord. And so, eventually, we talked about, well, let's go out on weekends and at least just expose people to it. And that's what we've been doing um, overall, for the last 11 years, is that we've been going out and doing these weekend experiences, often Friday night through Saturday dinner. The best time frame is when we go Friday night through lunch on a Sunday. We at least get to cover the four critical ones, the new command, the personalized verses, the measuring stick barrier, and the God sighting stuff. But in the weekend, we recognize all it is is just a taste And what our hope is that folks will have such a powerful taste of what they can experience that when you leave the weekend is you can take what you've learned and you can start doing it every day in your life. So the first huge change, the huge shift, the starting shift that we long for and hope for when we do these weekend activities and share this stuff is that it would, again, get you focused on the new command 
And most of all is that if you haven't spent time alone with Jesus, you'd actually want to. <laughs> you'd want to make time for him, make time for the Father so that you can be loved because who doesn't want to be loved? And you have to do that in order to obey the command. So, our first desire is that you'd experience one of these weekends and in the process, it would set your relationship on fire with the Lord. You'd want to spend time with Him. You would be thinking about living the new command and how everything, everything we do in our walk, one way or another, is the means to work out that new command. Well, the second thing, though, that happened on these weekends, we were doing it in the church, but especially in the weekends and over the years, something became really crystal clear to us. And that was what happens in the small group time. (laughs) Every Friday night when I tell them what's going to go on and they hear me say small groups, so often people are like, oh, you can just see it in their faces, in their eyes, you know, like, oh no, I have to be in a small group with strangers. Unless it's at a church, they might at least know each other some. But nonetheless, initially they freak out and I just say, look, I'm telling you, by the end of this, all you're going to talk about is the small group, because that's where you actually are going to experience the love of God. In the small group time, what happens is that people get a chance on the weekend to spend some alone time with the Lord, doing the exercise, and then they get into small group, and then they share it, and they get to experience it. And we have trained facilitators in there that are part of that as well, so that someone will share the verse that they're experiencing and they do this exercise we call the synonym antonym meditation exercise, where they kind of expand the verse so they can hear the Lord through other words in addition to the words that are the exact scriptures. But what happens is that it moves out of that quiet time private experience. We're now in this small group setting, usually our groups are four participants and the two facilitators. But they say the verse aloud, so they actually hear God love them through their own voice. But then we take what they wrote and we speak it to them. And in that moment, what happens is that by the Holy Spirit in us, the facilitators get to be the very presence of Jesus, the very presence of the Father in the flesh again, incarnate again, as it were. And they get to hear God love them through words. And what's amazing about it, one is they get to experience what the disciples did through Jesus, right? When Jesus spoke, it was not just his own words, but the words of the Father. They get to experience that love through the facilitators, sometimes even through the participants. But at the same time, it serves as a kind of training because as you get loved by the Lord in whatever way through the words or the actions— is that he wants you to experience him love you through that just so that you get loved, but you're also trained by him in ways to love, words that express love, actions that express love. The third thing that's really, really wonderful and powerful about that is that as the rest of the group is sitting there and listening, what the Lord says to one of his children, he's also saying to all. And there's so many times in this group setting where someone will hear, even someone write something in in a similar verse or the same verse they had, and they'll go, oh, that really impacted me. Can you say that to me? And everybody gets to be loved directly and also indirectly. And then you watch, you see what love looks like, you hear what love looks like, and it trains you. And most of all, if you watch what's happening and listening, you get to see God again. You get to see Him in action through the facilitators, through the others. 
And the best part coming out of that experience is that then you actually want to go do that for someone else. You want them to experience what you've experienced as well as you want to do it because you love Jesus, because you love the Father, and you want to do what brings them pleasure. And what brings them pleasure is to turn around and give it away. You know, there's that movie called Pay It Forward. I felt like they stole that from Jesus. But that's really what the new command is at its heart, is I love you first, and instead of necessarily loving me back, I want you to pay it forward and love others in the way that I've loved you. That's what he's looking for. Well, what happens there then in that small group? We do the love verses, we do an exercise with the measuring stick, we do the God-sighting thing, is that in each of those small group times, everybody is experiencing the love of God in a profound way. And from time to time, somebody will hit a barrier, and then we're there to be with them and process that with them and pray them through that. The small group, I mean, suddenly I had started doing it for years. It was just me. And I got loved by the Lord in a good way. But when we discovered the power of the small group, the power of the quad, the power of sharing this stuff and listening to things being spoken and prayed into us. And of course, what happened as we did that is that, again, things would be triggered. And as we're sharing the verses and sharing the God sightings, so often it would expose things, barriers in us, and then it would become the trigger for what's the new verse I need to focus on, because clearly I need that more in my heart, or what's the new exercise that I need to practice in order to do that part better. And then we come alongside each other and help each other and serve one another and watch each other change. Well, the weekend right now is the primary place where people get to experience this first. And probably this will be something we continue to do. But what we recognize for the future is that it's everyone who's been in a small group and any of you that are listening to me that have been on a first love weekend, I'm reminding you (laughs) and imploring you is that the most important next step is that you find ideally two or three others recruit them and you take them through the material and you do the small group exercises, the small group sharing that you experienced on the weekend, you do it with them. And of course, that may feel like you're not able and you're not sure, but that's how you grow. Stepping out and doing what was done for you or come back and do more weekends. Come back and be a part so that you see it again and you experience it again. And each time, then you're able to go and be one of those facilitators to, again, one, two, or three others. But that's how this is going to multiply. This is how it's going to scale. This past weekend, we had 12 participants, right? If all 12 would go home and ideally in this next year, if each of them recruited three people, it's 48, 36 plus the 12, right? So, yeah, so 48, 48 people then, 36 get to experience it. But then imagine if they turn around and find three others to do it with. And the idea is that we want you to do this over the course of at least a year, that this is training. And that's what I was saying was like the key word of this thing. We discovered that this stuff was training. This isn't about like, it's not a Bible study per se. I mean, there's a ton of scripture in the first love material. Oh my gosh. But it's not about studying scriptures as much as it is about internalizing them, memorizing them, meditating on them, and then being able to turn around and use them for another sake. The getting along material, it takes time to learn the skills, 
to talk through and practice the various things that help you do the communication thing well. It's not something that you just go through. I mean, again, first love is seven sessions, seven chapters, but it's not a seven-week thing. In some ways, you got to think of it almost like AA. It's like seven steps, seven parts, and you might do one and, and start the second one. You have to go back to the first one again, and you just take as long as it takes until each of those sessions are internalized, till you've spent who knows how many weeks or months on each one until you're doing it. It's training. It's practice, and especially that you've begun to do it well enough that you can turn around and find two or three other people to do it with, and you train them, and you develop them, and help them. At some point, our primary dream is that we would love to see first loved in every church, and that ideally there would be a primary core of facilitators, of trainers, who we have spent a lot of time training and investing in who are the ones that start the original groups. And at some point, whether I come or somebody comes, or they even use kind of like Alpha, where Nikki Gumbel, you know, and you put the DVD on, is that there are those, though, who understand and have been trained in how to start those groups, lead those original groups, and then they just keep on training others and training others and training others until our, our dream is that in every church, we recognize that even if you started First Loved, it's probably a three to five year time frame before you'd start seeing it really multiply, work itself into the congregation where you'd start seeing a significant impact where so many in the church are looking to love. They're thinking about love all the time and walking in a kind of joy and a likeness of Jesus. I mean, behind all of this, I hope you've caught, I haven't probably said it clear enough, but we eventually learn to love like Jesus. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. He lived the command. And when we love as Jesus has loved us, again, we are revealing Jesus. We are showing people who Jesus is and what he is like, and it triggers conversations. Evangelism becomes natural. It's so fun when they want to ask you, why were you so loving to me? Why did you treat me this way? And again, the way that this gets trained and, and worked and kneaded into your mind and heart and soul is you giving it away to someone else. And you're training others. You're that facilitator that's speaking into the lives of others. And where that finally leads is for First Love Ministries is that one is our website is full of resources. Ah, oh, man, I, I, if you haven't, please go there. There are so many different resources to help you experience His love and to share that love. But we see ourselves in the future of developing and pouring into training primary facilitators are being available to even you. If you came out of a weekend and you started a small group, you know that you could have instant access to us to say, hey, I'm meeting with two other people, three other people. Here's some of the stuff we ran into. How can you help me? We want to be available to you for that. But of course, the most important thing of the whole deal is you need resources. You need tools. And right now, we are in the final stages of having created the First Love to Love workbook, and it's loaded with good stuff in it and ways to help you do that. But we still have to do the getting along. It's I've been at this thing for 20 plus years, but we want to put that into a final workbook. We want to create DVDs. So again, that you don't have to necessarily teach it. You can let me teach it. And then you walk alongside with your folks that are watching this with you and helping them grow in this stuff. In order to do that, 
you know, I've been so reluctant for so many years, but I just got to pour my heart out to you, to all of you that are listening, is that we can't do this without financial support. I know you see the little donate button and whatever, and you hear from so many people. I don't want to be another one of those voices, but we so desperately want to bless you. We want to love you and want to help you to love those you love and to bring them into this. And we can't do that without resource. In the end, what I've noticed over the last several years is just how much $50, $100, $150 a month can make an enormous difference. And if some of you are listening and you've experienced some of this, if you even want to make a larger donation that would help us to make the DVDs that are really expensive, we recognize how important they are. We exist for you. We want to love you. We want to resource you. We want to help you in your experience with the Lord, but especially that you would turn around and share it with others and train others. And we're working really hard, but we need help. We need help. We've pursued some foundations and we're too small. So we're really crying out to you who are our friends, those who love us, who love the ministry, and you especially who've experienced it, that you would get behind us that you would support, even if it's just $50, $100. It's amazing if you'll just do that monthly, what a difference it can make to us to make a difference for you and for those you love. I hope this has been helpful, this series, and especially this particular session to understand where we're going, what we're trying to do, and that if you would consider helping us, we would be so grateful. And that you'd partner with us, that you'd feel like you're a part of this with us of making a difference and see the church. You know, my greatest dream of all is before I go to see Jesus, that Christians and churches would begin to turn the tide where they're actually being known by love, Jesus's love. So to that end, we just submit this to you and I hope it's been helpful to know a little bit more about what first love is. So Lord, thank you for everyone who's listened. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you that Pete and I get to do this as our way of life. I just pray for those that are listening, if they aren't already, that you would just speak to their heart, that maybe they could come along and partner with us in some amount. Bless them, Lord. Speak to them. And thank you for all of this. We're so grateful to be a part of what you're doing through this ministry. In Jesus' name, God bless you all, and have a great week.